It's another week. This is Andrew Wood. Thank you so much for listening. Look, t- today we got a lot to cover. My my goodness, we have. Uh, there's been so much in the news concerning life and abortion that uh, I know over the last six months or so we've been talking a lot about identity. Last week I talked a lot about marriage and the importance of that. We're going to continue those conversations moving forward. Uh, but what has happened over the last week or so has been interesting and deserves our time. One thing that happened was the first uh, GOP primary debate uh, where the the current front runner, which is former President Donald Trump, did not participate in the debate, uh, but we had others participating. And so we're, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we also are going to look at recently Jen Psaki. So maybe you're going, who is Jen Psaki and why are you talking about her? Well, Jen Psaki is former press secretary for President Joe Biden. Uh, and she is now, of course, as always happens, she left that position and now she's a uh, objective journalist that, that is working on cable news. Of course, she's not objective. But, but now, you know, as, as a lot of folks do, they leverage their, their connections and their, uh, their work in politics to get a, a job where they make millions of dollars and they uh, become cable news personalities. So, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game, I guess. So, uh, but but she she tweeted something the other day that was just uh, and I believe she she might have even tweeted it she either tweeted it right before the uh, the debate or even during the debate as kind of an, an answer to some of the comments that were being made at the debate and and today we're going to focus on her comment and and I'm not just going to focus on on her and and. Uh, the the position of the Democratic Party when it comes to abortion, but I'm also going to talk about the way some folks on that debate stage the other night handled the the question about abortion, and and it, and it points to a a larger point that conservative politicians struggle to articulate the pro life position. Now, there's a number of reasons for that, and we'll get into why I think they struggle. But, but here's, the, here's the tweet that Jen Psaki uh, posted. And all she said is, no one supports abortion up until birth. No one supports abortion up until birth. Now, why would she say that? Well, she would say that because she believes, even though she's a, a progressive she has left-wing politics and ideals. Mine and her value system are very different. She does say in her Twitter bio that she's a mom to two amazing humans that are under eight years old. So she has two kids. Of course, in today's time, I guess you can't say if they're sons or daughters, but they're two amazing humans that she has, and I think that's great. I'm sure she's a great mom. But why would she say no one supports abortion up until birth it's interesting isn't it i mean we we have seen laws passed in california and illinois and new york we've seen laws passed across the country in in different parts of the country especially in blue states that go out of their way to allow abortion up until birth we've seen uh, changes made in policies, and we're going to get to that here in a second when it comes to the uh, equal employment 
opportunity and how they're now redefining what a medical condition is so that they can twist the arm of employers to provide abortions. Like I said, we'll get into that here in a second. But why would a, a progressive, someone on the left, say that, that no one supports abortion up until birth? Well, they would say that because I think just rationally, that is a common sense statement. We would like to think that no one supports abortion up until birth. But here's the interesting thing. And you can go find this clip. There's a clip online of politicians when asked, hey, hey, when should we have restrictions? Should there be any restrictions? And politician after politician after politician, all with a D beside their name, come out and say there should be no restrictions. We should have abortion on demand. So, so it's hard to make the argument. It's hard to make the argument that, that no one is for abortion up until birth when we have law after law after law being passed and politician after politician after politician making statements saying we should have zero restrictions on abortion. So my question to Jen Psaki would be, well, okay, well, that's great. That's great. I, I agree with you. No one should support abortion up until birth. So, so when should we, we put a restriction in place? What legislation would you support? Would you support a 15-week ban? Would you support a 20-week ban? Would you support a 24-week ban? What, when should we put the restrictions in place? And her answer would, of course, be, well, I don't think there should be any restrictions. Hold on, you just said no one is for abortion up until birth, so when should the restrictions be put in place? And, and so that's what we, thankfully, there's been a lot of folks making comments about this and, and agreeing with my point of view, but, but that's how we have to push back. Because when folks try to say things like, well, no one supports abortion up until birth, we know for a fact there, there are leg pieces of legislation out there that have been signed that do, in fact, support abortion up until birth. Now, they would say, well, yeah, but in rare occasions where, where it's the life of the mother or, or this or that. No, no, the, the legislation that has been passed and signed in some of these states, it has no, uh, no connection to health of the mother or anything else. It is simply... Do they want this child or not? Now, they would say, oh, no, it's health of the mother. Well, health of the mother, again, has been defined broadly. Someone could have lost their job today and been like, you know what, I don't want this baby anymore. And they would call that health of the mother. Is that logic? Is that logically sound legislation that's protecting citizens? Of course not. But look, it, it, you know, I could just sit here and, and, and say that, that Jen Psaki is wrong and, and we need to move on and the progressives are wrong. But, but look, I watched the debate the other night. And it was interesting as I watched conservative candidates be asked about abortion, be asked about the Dobbs case, be asked about Roe being overturned. And and many of them started off well. They said the right thing. Look, we're, we're happy 
that it's gone back to the States. We're happy that Roe is a history or a thing of the past. We're happy that it's a footnote in history. We're happy that we're moved on. And then, and then the moderators asked, would you sign a federal ban on abortion? And then things got interesting. Because then what we realized, it wasn't about conviction. It wasn't about principle. It wasn't about a firm stance that life is precious and created by the, the God of the universe. No, what it's about is policy. What it's about is campaigning. What it's about is winning the next election. And you watched many of them. Look, and, and I've talked on this show. There's one candidate in particular that I'm very fond of. And he hails from the state of Florida. And he's been a great governor. And he just signed a six-week ban on abortion. And his answer was okay, but it wasn't great. And then we had Nikki Haley, who former governor of South Carolina, who I think did herself a huge favor throughout the debate, did a great job, handled her own, did great on foreign policy and some other things. But when, when the topic of abortion came up, it was almost as if she was arguing from the point of view of the left, saying that we can't, we can't find common ground at a federal level. It's not up to the federal level to, to make this decision. You had one, one guy, I believe it was the, the uh, governor of North Dakota, saying that it's not up to the federal government. He pulled out his constitution to, to I guess, say that abortion should be allowed from a federal standpoint. You see, this is, this is where things get... Uh, concerning. Now, Mike Pence had a pretty good answer. DeSantis had a pretty good answer. I don't even think Vivek touched it. Vivek Ramaswamy, I don't think he touched it. Uh, The former governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, he did okay with the answer. You know, he claimed that Arkansas was the most pro-life state in the union. But here's what I would have liked to have seen. One of the candidates simply say, look, I am not pro-life because it it makes sense politically. I am not pro-life because it's going to win me the next election. I'm not pro-life because, you know, it allows me to raise a lot of money to to try to win this GOP primary or sell a lot of T-shirts. I am pro-life because I have a conviction that God is the author of life. I am pro-life because I've seen my own children on an ultrasound image. I'm pro-life because I've watched my children be born. I'm pro-life because I have seen the devastation that abortion causes in men and women. So would I sign a federal law to ban abortion, whether it be a 15-week ban or a heartbeat bill at six weeks or, or whatever, the, the, question, the, the answer is I 100% would sign a, a piece of legislation if Congress passed a bill that said we were going to restrict abortion at a federal level. I would, I would absolutely sign that bill because I believe that life is a gift, because I believe that life is is precious, and we should, as Americans, and we should as politicians, and we should as uh, representatives of the constituents that we say that we hold dear, we should seek to protect them, and that includes those that are in the womb. 
But instead, what you got was a lot of wishy-washy. You got, a, you got some good points. Tim Scott made some good points, and then he goes back to the 15-week ban. You see, you get some good points. Notice the question was, would you enact an executive order? No, that wasn't the question. The question was, if Congress passed a law, would you sign it? Now, when Nikki Haley was asked that, she said, well, you know, a lot of the, the people don't understand what that means and the consistency that would have to come and in order for that would pa- to pass and we'll never get there. I believe that's what we said for the last 50 years with the overturning of Roe. We'll never see it. We'll never get there. It'll never happen. And it happened. And we were caught flat-footed and we weren't prepared for it. And we have many Republican candidates. We have many politicians They spent decades claiming to be pro-life, and when the time came to put their feet to the fire, they got cold feet. They ran away from their principles. They ran away from their convictions. So when Jen Psaki says no one is for abortion up until birth, that's a problem. But, But it's also a problem when a GOP primary is is made up of candidates that that are unable to say my conviction for life is the same at the state level as it is at the federal level we're going to protect it but they can't bring themselves to say that why because the next election is coming up or because we have a big donor that's not happy with our position And so I got to kind of be squishy when it comes to that. Or, well, we've seen a lot of referendums since the overturning of Roe that have failed in in even conservative states. And so it's making us nervous because we got to get people to vote for us. Look, you know, I just said that the moderators didn't say, would you pass an executive order? They simply said, would you sign a piece of legislation if it was passed by Congress? That's an easy answer. 100%, yes, I would. And in the same way, it's an easy answer if they said, if Congress passed a federal mandate that allowed for abortion up until birth, your answer, of course, would be, no, I wouldn't sign it. I would veto it. That's insane. It's pretty simple. But you see, we haven't wrestled with this issue. As I've said before, we're the dog that that finally caught the car that it was chasing, and then we didn't know what to do. That's where we're at. We'll be back. So look, I could spend the whole show just on the the GOP debate from the other night, but I'm not going to do that. I I want us to see, and I'm trying to get you to, to see what we're dealing with here. So some of us, and I've been guilty of this in the past, our hope, our hope is in that next election. Our hope is if we can just get this guy or this this woman in office, everything is going to change and and it'll fix everything. If we can just see the Supreme Court shift and make a, a change, all will be well in these United States of America. No, that's just not the case. It's just not the case. And so it's interesting to me when we see the former press secretary of the, of the president of the United States saying no one is for abortion up until birth. When, when we can see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears 
politician after politician, the mayor of New York City, the, uh, the, the senator from Pennsylvania, Fetterman, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, saying there should be zero restrictions on abortion. Joe Biden, who up until five minutes ago claimed that he was personally pro-life because he's a devout Catholic. And now he's doing everything he can to show that he is the most abortion, uh, most pro-abortion candidate this, this country has ever seen. And so when, when they look at, this is, what, this is what just, if I can sound like an old man for a second, this is what grinds my gears, okay? So when the moderators look at the candidates on stage there in Milwaukee at the GOP debate, and they say, would you sign a piece of legislation? Would you sign a law into effect that, that would put a restriction, a 15-week ban, a six-week ban on abortion at a federal level? And, and then you've got all this backpedaling and nervousness, and they don't know how to answer it, and they're scared because there's, there's millions of people watching, and what are they going to think of us? We're, we're so callous because we're trying to protect life. And, and they make these folks feel as if their position is wrong-headed and in the wrong place. Why do they feel that? Because they haven't thought through it well. They haven't uh, really wrestled with their decision process. They, they haven't, I think many of them haven't talked to someone that, that is post-aborted. They haven't walked with someone that's facing an unplanned pregnancy. They haven't seen it from that standpoint. So they're, uh, they're detached from what is happening. But if you ask that same question, which you'll never get at a Democrat debate, I'm just letting you know, you'll never say, well, when is it okay to restrict abortion? And that's the interesting thing. So, so Jen Psaki will say, look, no one is for abortion up until birth. But if you go back and watch past debates, you go back and watch the comments from candidate after candidate after candidate, and when they're pressed and when they're asked, when is it, so when should we restrict it then? If, if no one wants it up until birth, so you've got to agree that we, we have to have restrictions in place at some point, right? At 20 weeks, at 30 weeks, at some point there needs to be restrictions because you just said no one is for abortion up until birth. But instead what you have is the current administration going out of their way to make abortion happen even in states that have enacted laws saying otherwise. So the overturning of Roe sends it back to states. Then states like Tennessee, like Arkansas, like Alabama, like, like Georgia have said, we're going to make changes. States like Florida, we're going to pass heartbeat bills. We're, we're going to pass laws that, that do not allow you to receive abortions in our state. And then the administration says, well, we're going to work around that. Now, how do they do that? What are some workarounds that are happening? Well, it's happening with non-elected folks. Listen to this piece over at Politico. Republicans and social conservatives are fuming over the inclusion of abortion language in proposed rules to protect pregnant workers threatening to mar a law that passed with bipartisan support. So listen to this. A law passed with bipartisan support. We finally got something that Democrats and Republicans both came together and said, we need to make this happen. The rule put forward Monday by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission includes abortion among the potential medical conditions for which employees or employers may have to make workplace accommodation, 
such as rest breaks. Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, the top Senate Help Committee Republican on Tuesday, accused the EEOC of going rogue and exceeding its authority under the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which passed late last year as part of the omnibus bill and, and took effect earlier this summer. Cassidy said this, These regulations completely disregard legislative intent and attempt to rewrite the law by regulation. Cassidy, who helped lead the fight for the legislation with Senator Bob Casey of Pennsylvania, said in a statement, The decision to disregard the legislative process to inject a political abortion agenda is illegal and deeply concerning. The law expands rights for pregnant workers by requiring employers to provide, quote, reasonable accommodations such as additional rest breaks or modified job duties in addition to existing non-discrimination protections. The legislation applied to pregnancy, childbirth, and, quote, related medical conditions. The EEOC's proposal used an expansive definition for that term that includes birth control, menstruation, lactation, fertility treatments, miscarriage, and, quote, having or choosing not to have an abortion. In a lengthy footnote, the agency cites a number of federal cases that it says supports its broad interpretation, including several relating to abortion. Shortly after the proposal's release, the Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative Christian legal organization, accused the EEOC of hijacking the law with its inclusion of abortion. Congress sought to help pregnant workers, not force employers to facilitate abortions, ADF Senior Counsel Julie Blake said in a statement. The administration doesn't have the legal authority to smuggle an abortion mandate into transformational pro-life, pro-woman law. The EEOC attempted to head off concerns that is placing a mandate on employers by stating in its proposal that nothing in the law requires or forbids an employer to pay for health insurance benefits for an abortion. Chair Charlotte Burroughs said the regulations will promote the economic security and health of pregnant and postpartum workers by allowing them to continue working. The regulations still need to be voted on and finalized by the EEOC following a public comment period, and the dust-up over its proposed abortion language pretends a heated lobbying battle to come. Last year, while supporters were racing to shore up Republican support, Casey, who previously considered himself a pro-life Democrat, though in recent years has moved closer to his party on abortion rights and distanced himself from the term, overtly stated that abortion rules were outside the scope of the legislation. So here you have bipartisan support for a bill to to protect pregnant women. We all can get behind that, right? And you also have Casey from Pennsylvania saying, look, I can assure you, I give you my word. What's that worth? I give you my word. This will have nothing to do with abortion and abortion is out of the scope of this legislation. Under the pregnant Workers' Fairness Act, the EEOC could not, could not issue any regulation that requires abortion leave, nor does the act permit the EEOC to require employers to provide abortion leave in the violation of state law, Casey said during the Senate floor debate. In a statement Tuesday, Casey said it's important for the EEOC's rulemaking to proceed swiftly to ensure that the law's enhanced protections are in place for workers. As the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act is implemented, it is important that we do not lose sight of the heart of this law to ensure pregnant workers aren't forced to choose between their jobs and healthy pregnancies, including some of the most vulnerable women in the workplace. Now think about that. 
Casey is just ignoring everything he said on the, on the, on the floor in debate. And saying, look, let's not lose sight. Yeah, I know, I know they kind of cooked the books, and I know they, they put language in there you don't like, but let's not lose sight of the heart of the law. I mean, what are we doing? The EEOC's two Democratic commissioners and one of its Republican appointees voted to advance the regulations, while GOP Commissioner Keith Sonderling abstained. The Senate in mid-July confirmed the Biden-nominated uh, person to fill the fifth seat on the commission, though she has yet to officially join the EEOC. There you have it, folks. We'll be back. So as we continue the conversation, excuse me. One thing I want you to, I, I want to say, and I, I'm not going to take credit for this. I, I wish I would have thought of it, but. Uh, but this was a post I saw the other day. And it said, watch the Republican candidates flounder on abortion and understand why only Christianity, not secularized conservatism, can end child sacrifice and end abortion. So, so look, I'm frustrated with a Jen Psaki that, that lies to us to our face and says that no one is for Abortion up until birth. I'm frustrated with the EEOC putting out regulations that, that, that Casey knew. Here's the, here's the thing. You want to get some inside baseball? This has been in the works since the Dobbs ruling. The, the, they have said as much in Washington. We're going to do everything we can to, to, to make sure that the Dobbs ruling and the overturning of Roe doesn't change the access to abortion. They have said that with uh, HHS. They have said that with, with state legislation. They have said that with uh, federal mandates. They have said that from the White House and the Oval Office. They have said that now from the EEOC. And, and so when, when they claim bipartisanship, look, we're going to all come together, sing kumbaya, hold hands in a circle, and we're going we're gonna to fight for pregnant women. I can, I can almost guarantee you there were folks that said, yeah, let's get this passed. And then what we're going to do is we're going to do a broad definition of what that looks like. And, and although we're going we're gonna to get you, uh, Casey, to stand on the floor and claim, because you're the pro-life Democrat, so this will work great for us. We're going to get you to stand on there and claim that this has nothing to do with abortion. And then when we come out with our new regulations, hopefully nobody will notice. But if they do notice, Casey, we need you to get back in front of the camera again, because you are the, the pro-life Democrat, quote unquote, we need you to get back in front of the camera and say, look, we don't need to slow this process down because the heart of the, the heart of the bill, the heart of the bill is to simply help folks. Now, yes, it's going to allow us to, to really promulgate and promote abortion and, and it's going to force employers that, that stand in opposition to abortion to have to kind of get their arm twisted to, to, to do this or do that. Uh, come on, folks. And then with that, you have, you have folks that, that openly claim to be pro-life who can't even articulate the position and then find themselves arguing from the standpoint of those that are for abortion. You have folks that, that claim convictionally that have raised millions of dollars 
that speak at the March for Life, that, that go and campaign and say that, that it is our most sacred right is to life. And we got to fight for the vulnerable. And we got to do all that we can to see that abortion would be curtailed and that, that women and men would have an opportunity to, to live and that families would be celebrated and that we would create environments that, that fostered having children. We, we would say all of those things. And then when you're pressed at a debate, would you sign a federal law protecting life and you can't say yes? Well, then might I say that it's not about conviction, but it's about the next election. Might I say to you, Senator, might I say to you, former governor, might I say to you, current governor, might I say to you, the person that's wanting to be the president of the United States, might I say to you from a pro-life viewpoint that I need you to look in the camera and say, life is precious and we are going to do everything we can to protect it in the womb and out of the womb. But you can't even bring yourself to say that. And this is why sometimes we feel like we're spinning our wheels. This is why sometimes I, on this show in particular, I feel like I am beating my head up against the wall. This is why sometimes my voice raises and my face gets red because it's not about conviction. It's about a talking point. We've seen this in our own state. In one of the most pro-life conservative states in the union, we've seen folks crumble when it came to, to doing the hard thing and standing boldly for life. Well, but you don't understand, Andrew. We've done a, we, we did a focus group. And the focus group told us that if we, if we phrase it this way, if we word it this way, if we, if we say we support this but not that, that those folks are going to come vote for us. No, they're not. No, they're not. And, and besides that, even if that is true, which it's not because it's been proven, but even if that were true, do we do the thing because it's going to win the next election? Because it's going to work out for us in the polls? Or do we do the thing because it's the right thing? You see, sometimes we hear folks say, yeah, but, but if I word it this way. See, if I word it this way, I reach a larger audience. And, and that's going to bring people into, into our camp. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't think it's the right wording. I don't think it's the right phrasing. It's probably not the right thing to do. But it's bringing people in. It's what works, after all. Have you ever heard that? You ever heard somebody say, well, do whatever works. Look, I've been behind the curtain on a campaign. I've been in those moments, in those conversations where you hear folks say, yeah, but does it work? Because if it works, it's the right thing. Not, hey, regardless if it works, is it the right thing? Look, look, regardless if it moves anything in the polls, is it the right thing? And this isn't just with politicians. This is with us as a, as a body of believers. Just because something quote-unquote works or, or produces the numbers that we, we desire doesn't mean it's the right or moral thing to do. 
So yeah, maybe if I were on that stage in the GOP debate and I was asked, would I sign a bill? And I said, 100% I would, and here's why. Because life is a gift from God. Because all of us across this country have viewed an ultrasound image and heard a heartbeat. We've celebrated with our neighbors. We've celebrated with our spouses. We've celebrated with our brothers, with our sisters, with our nieces and nephews when we got to visualize that precious baby on an ultrasound machine. We have mourned with friends and with spouses and with brothers and sisters who have lost children to miscarriage. Why have we mourned with them? Because a life was lost. We have all attended gender reveal parties and celebrated with families that are, that are anxiously awaiting their little boy or little girl. So all of us know intrinsically that life is precious. I personally have, have walked through with folks that are, that are dealing with the ramifications of choosing abortion that are carrying the weight of that for, for decades because of the decision that they made. And we're going to sit up here and act like as a nation that there are no lasting ramifications to these decisions, to the ending of the life of the most vulnerable. We're going to act like there's no ramifications. We're lying to ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. We have laws on the books already that say that if you murder a woman that is pregnant, you're charged with two deaths. We have, we have policies in place that if you want to go ride a roller coaster and you're pregnant, you can't. We have policies in place that it, before you take this medication, we need to know if you're pregnant. Why? Because we want to protect the child inside of your womb. Yet we can't admit on this stage that, that we are willing to enact legislation that would protect the most vulnerable. Look, my goal is not to simply win the next election. My goal is not to simply win the next focus group. My goal is not to simply rise up in the polls. My goal is to do the right thing at the right time always. And we're lying to ourselves when we act as if the answer to our, to our, our current problems is more abortion. We've always been a nation that has said... I will sacrifice my life, my everything for the greater good and for future generations. And today we stand in 2023 willing to sacrifice future generations for ourselves. For what? For what? So would I sign a federal law that would restrict abortion? 100%, I'd sleep well at night, and I would sign it 100,000 times. Now, would that get applause? Would that get you the votes? Would that win you the next election? Would that get you the cable news outlet, with Jake, the interview with Jake Tapper? Would that get you the adoration of, of, of the left, of CNN, of of Rachel Maddow and MSNBC, would it get you those things? No. Frankly, it may not even get you those conversations on conservative outlets. 
But is it that hard to simply say, we are going to protect life? Is it that hard to allow our convictions to rise above the next election? Apparently it is. We'll be back. As we finish up today, look, <laughs> today I got worked up, and and it's easy, I guess I should say, it, it's, it can be frustrating at times when, when it feels like the folks that claim to be representing us, the folks that claim to be uh, the ones that are going to get the, the policies in place that will ultimately move the ball down the field. It's frustrating when, when those folks struggle to continue to articulate it once we get on the other side of finally overturning Roe. And we've seen this across the board. Folks, from a, from a pro-life perspective, yes, I wanted Roe to be overturned. Yes, I wanted it to go back to the States, but that's not all. If, if I believe that, that life is created by God, and I believe that every abortion ends the life of a unique individual, then, then how can I just say, well, but really, I, I really just care about Tennessee because that's my home, and I just want Tennessee babies to be okay, but I don't care about New York babies, I don't care about California babies, I don't care about Illinois babies, I don't care about those men and women that are, that are post-abortive in New York or California that are struggling. Look, I don't care about those ramifications, all I care about is Tennessee, or all I care about is red states. No, that's nonsense. Then at that point, it's not conviction. At that point, you're just a state rights kind of guy or girl, and, and you don't care about the true essence of why we are pro-life, why we want to see abortion ended. And so it, it, it is frustrating when I see and at this point, it really is pretty much every candidate across the board. President Trump, we, under President Trump, we saw the Supreme Court change. That's great. We saw Dobbs happen and Roe be overturned. Amazing. That'll always go down as one of the greatest feats in the history of the court, one of the greatest feats in the history of any president. Huge victory. Yet now we can't bring ourselves to to want to move the ball any further. Now, I think the reason why that is is because many of these folks, it's not about conviction. Many of these folks, it's, it's just about, well, I just want to see. I want to raise money and, you know, there, there is no greater and more consistent voting block than pro-lifers. And now we're seeing that play out. Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to, if I would sign a federal. I don't know. It doesn't need to be federal. And I'm going to pull out my prop and and show you my pocket constitution that I carry around with me everywhere. And I'm going to show you that I love the constitution. I love the constitution so much that it only apparently represents those that are out of the womb. It doesn't represent future citizens that are in the womb. Excuse me. 
My wife is pregnant right now. That baby is a part of our family right now. We're not sitting around and going, yeah, let's just not acknowledge that that mommy is growing and her belly's growing. Let's not acknowledge that because that's not really a human. Mommy's just, belly's getting big and then in January, oops, what's that? A human pops out. No, we, that baby is part of our family right now. My wife is just over 20 weeks. And you know what? That baby's been part of our family for 20 weeks already. Period. So, so what that means is we as a family make decisions already based on that pregnancy. We as a family already make decisions based on the baby growing inside of my wife. We are already making decisions based on that. What my wife eats, what my wife drinks, what medication my wife does or does not take, what my wife participates in that, that may be jarring or anything like that. We are already making decisions based on this baby being in our family, even though the baby is still in the womb. We all do that. Yet we can't find any kind of leader that, w- that is willing to articulate the position that millions of people hold and understand. Instead, we say things like, y'all are the devil and you're terrible people. No, just simply articulate the position that millions of people hold, that life is precious. Connect to them where they're at. They've been to a baby shower. They've been to a gender reveal. They have mourned with a, with a sister or a family that have, that have faced miscarriage. Understand that. We don't have to be robots. We'll talk to you next time.